Burnout among medical students isn't just an individual problem, it's systemic. It's important for organizations to put policies in place that support students, whether they seek it out or not. What's wrong with the work-life balance? The problem with this is that if all you're doing all the time is waiting for the life side of this balance, okay, I think you're really missing something when you think about the work that you're doing as a physician is, should be one of the most gratifying things you could possibly do. That's John P. Fogarty, MD, Dean of the Florida State University College of Medicine. On this episode of Moving Medicine, a podcast from the American Medical Association, Dr. Fogarty shares the outpouring of grief following a medical student's suicide at his institution and outlines the FSU Wellness Committee's efforts to create a culture that promotes well-being for students. As a quick warning, this episode contains references to a medical student's suicide. I'm your host, Todd Unger, Chief Experience Officer at the American Medical Association. This episode of Moving Medicine is one of three parts on physician well-being. The speech was presented at the 2018 AMA Interim Meeting. Here's Dr. Fogarty. I was just at the AAMC meeting uh, this past week, and uh, Daryl Kirsch, the president and CEO of the AAMC, was giving his final address. And he actually talked about one of the crises in medicine, and that is burnout, depression, and suicide among physicians at all levels, from student to resident to, to attending. And he called it a crisis in medicine, and we, have to, we really have to expose it. We have to get it out there. What I find interesting is that you know, the AMA is looking at this, the AAMC is looking at this, the ACGME is looking at this, National Academy of Medicine has now formed a collaborative to basically look at this on a, on a real basis. You've heard the, 20 years ago the report on to air is human. Like we're real expecting a report from the National Academy on to care is human. Again, looking at the same factors associated with safety and patient and, and errors, patient safety and errors, and that is no longer looking at somebody to blame, but looking at the processes that lead to these problems within that. And I think you can say the same thing about burnout, uh, depression, and suicide among physicians. It's not an individual problem as much as a systemic problem. Those are things we need to look at. And so I'm really going to talk really about much more the local issue of a medical school environment, the medical school that I've been at for the last 10 years. Uh, we're not immune to these issues, and I'll tell you a story about what's happened at our medical school and, and how that's impacted us and going forward and thinking that it couldn't happen to us when, in fact, it did. Reviewing the problem, that's easy. Some of this has already been covered a little bit. We'll talk about the epidemiology again. You know, reinforcement is a good thing in medicine. You hear it enough times, you actually, it actually sticks. Some about what's happened at the Florida State University College of Medicine, and then some of the approaches that we've taken since that time. So here are the facts. You've seen most of these. You, you know, uh, Dr. Tuddy and Dr. Buckley both talked about the high risk of depression, burnout, and poor work-life balance. All ages, stages, challenges are not unique. Nurses and other healthcare professionals also have significant issues around this. What I find interesting is that you know, most medical students report to medical school with uh, high quality of life scales, lower you know, depression symptoms, those type of things. I remember the altruistic medical student that I was in the first three months. I was living in a dorm at the time. For some reason, there was a fourth year medical student that was also living in our quad. That probably said something about that student, but that's another story. But I remember there was three or four of us that were sitting around a table. We were all excited. We were learning anatomy. We were learning whatever we were learning that particular semester. And this fourth-year medical student comes dragging in in his white coat that was dirty, and he was disheveled and looked like he hadn't shaved for a while. And he goes into his room, and he slams the door. 
Five minutes later, he comes out and says, yeah, well, you're idealistic now, but don't worry, you'll change. And, and slams the door again. We're like, what the heck was that? So, you know, this is, this is medical school. Pattern reverses early in medical school. Poor well-being can persist, and the national burnout rates you've already seen about. Does this feel like, look like you? The scary thing about the picture on the left is obviously the pills all over the floor and the type of things that people might be doing in order to either stay awake or get to sleep or stay awake or get to sleep and all the things associated with that. And all of us remember back in before the days of physician work hours and all those type of things how you would actually fall asleep in your meal and actually has happened. What are the stresses for medical students? Well, getting into medical school, the imposter syndrome, the feeling of my God, the admissions committee must have made a mistake. What am I doing here? I mean, it's all about the, for the first time in your life, you're not in the top 10% of your class. You might actually be in the bottom half of your class. Can you imagine that? Keeping up, test anxiety, having the right stuff. Do I belong here? Stigma and reluctance to ask for help. We'll talk about a little bit of that, some of the things that we've tried to do around that. How do you meet the expectations of your friends, your peers? You'll always compare yourself to somebody that's smarter than you are. You know, you'll always feel a little bit you know, less capable than they are. And obviously, step one and all the conversations that we're having around step one anxiety, my second year students are beginning to disappear from, from view anymore. They're going, in, going underground. They're doing whatever they're doing. They're you know, focusing on you world rather than coming to lectures. That's what happens. And then what does that lead to, the match? And here we go again. I've got to prove myself. I've got to do it. I've got to prove to somebody out there that they really want me. It's a very difficult issue. What does it look like? This has been described in all the literature, emotional exhaustion, detachment, low personal achievement, depersonalization. I'm finding it very interesting that one of the things that's really driving the healthcare system to begin to look at this, I mean, this has been published by the AMA 20 years ago in terms of the issues around physician burnout. But now industry is realizing that physicians that are not happy, that are burned out, they actually produce less, they make more errors, they, you know, their satisfaction scores, the patient the patient reviews and all that type of thing. So it's like, whoa, you know, hey, we've got to score high on our scores. Maybe we've got to actually do something about it. If that's what leads to the difference, I'm happy to see that. Well, this is what happened to us. In February 2017, one of our students that normally was very prompt in coming to the Clinical Learning Center was not there. We were a little worried about him, finally called some people, finally had to break down the door of his apartment. He had taken his own life. A complete surprise to us, something that never would have been expected. We, you know, the, the, the school went through the usual grief, as you can imagine. But everybody was kind of like, I, I don't understand. He just renewed his lease for another three months before he went off to the regional campuses in June. He had an appointment with the psychologist the next day. What was going on with him? What could have, what he, what could have he been thinking? The, as far as we know, he didn't leave a suicide note other than on a whiteboard in his apartment that just simply said, I'm sorry. You know, he didn't seem to have a, 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 a plan B. His dream was always, he'd been an EMT, he'd been an emergency medicine technician, he'd done a number of different things. He actually had worked on a, a suicide crisis hotline in the past. All of these things. All of his peers and classmates, and we had an incredible uh, memorial service for him. His parents came. Um, they were, seemed to be more concerned about his classmates. Are you guys doing okay? It was one of these amazing experiences. We launched balloons in the courtyard afterwards in his memory. Went to his church that weekend where, again, his... His churchmates, his young church, his churchmates were all talking about he was the one that was always checking in with you. He was the one that was always, you know, concerned about you. But apparently he couldn't do that for himself. And so obviously it hit us like a ton of bricks. And, and we just couldn't believe that this could have happened to us. 
I'd always bragged about we have happy medical students and we have happy medical school. So what did we do? We had very public grieving, memorial services at Florida State and his church. We acknowledge the problem. We have to look at this. We really have to dig deep inside of ourselves to find out what's going on. We put together a wellness committee of faculty, staff, and students. This is not just a student problem. This is a, 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 a culture problem. Daryl Kirsch, again, on, on last, last Sunday, basically said, you know, culture eats strategy for lunch every single time. You really got to look at your culture. You got to find out what's going on. Holding wellness events. We frequently tease about, I don't know what you guys did for the eclipse a couple of years ago, but we had a big party for the eclipse. Everybody came out of the building. We saw students, staff, graduate students, medical students, you know, undergraduate students, all that were in the courtyard, sharing glasses, looking up at the, looking up at the sky, looking down at the sun as it came through the leaves to see the little eclipse on the ground. It was like, I didn't know we had this many people in, in the College of Medicine. Can we schedule an eclipse every six months or so? It was amazing watching the interactions. And so we've tried to get people out of their offices and out of their classrooms and out of their programs in order to do that on a regular basis with wellness events, whether it be ice cream socials or, or yoga in the atrium or whatever it might be. The other thing that Daryl Kirsch said was, if you ever want to make faculty mad, just tell them to do more yoga. But anyway, that's kind of what, what, what Brooke was saying, too. I understand that. Um, expanding our mental health resources, we thought we had what we needed, and, and then we really had to bring it out in the open. I've done a couple grand rounds now, really talking about this issue, much more deeper dive into the epidemiology, the statistics, and all about burnout and the things that go on. So this is our wellness committee, created their own little logo for that, really creating that culture, assessing the students, improving the knowledge of the science, identify efforts to reduce stress, develop wellness programs, and work to build that culture that's so critical. We've got a wellness website on our, on our webpage, has resources on the campus, resources around the state, free tools, community programs, and a lot of things on our medical library uh, webpage for these type of things too. We've had learning communities that students will participate in. It's, I consider it their homeroom, someplace where they can go. Each of the learning communities has a kitchen and has four small group rooms where they can do individual study. They can get together, they can do the type of things. We're trying to build the community that we want. Curated from more than 3,000 major newspapers, magazines, and journals, the AMA Morning Rounds newsletter delivers the top stories in healthcare right to your inbox Monday through Friday. Subscribe today and check out all the AMA's free newsletters at ama-assn.org slash myinbox. That's ama-assn.org slash myinbox. This year, or the last two years, actually, instead of just having our counseling staff for people that might need to go see them, we actually mandated that every student in the first year in the orientation week has to spend 15 minutes with our mental health counselors, just to get to know them, just say, this is who we are, this is what we do, this is why we're here. Uh, the most gratifying thing for me as dean was when I was talking to one of our counselors, she said to me, you know, I've had at least 10 referrals in the last month from people who said their classmates said they should come. And so, again, it's, it's one of these things where you're building the culture of people expecting that this is normal. Hey, Joe, it looks like you're not, ha you're not doing really well today. What's going on? Uh, strengthen the social networks and a time for personal renewal. This is what we're up against, though, folks. You know, the recent uh, British Medical Journal, doctors have a responsibility to be at their best. Hippocrates, in purity and holiness, I will guard my life and my art. You know, 
That is, sacrifice yourself at the altar of medicine. You know, do everything that you can do. Leave yourself behind. Leave your personal behind. And that does, obviously doesn't work. I think resilience and looking for joy, it's a, it's a great conversation to talk about. It's the ability to bounce back. So what do you do when, you're, you know, when, when, you're, when you fall down? You get back up. What do you do with that? How do you adapt in the face of stress or disruptive change? <clears throat> stress in and of itself does, is anything that causes you to need to react. It's distress. That is stress that's you know, overwhelming to you, that causes you to, to break down. As you heard from my bio, I was in the military for a whole lot of years. We talk about stress fractures and stress, you know, stress issues. Uh, how do they happen? Well, it's from overloading a bone that's not ready to be overloaded. Okay? And so you, if you work on your training program, you do it in small intervals, you gradually build up to it, you actually build stronger bones as opposed to those bones breaking down. So internal attributes, external, and then the skills model are, are things that are really critical for you. How do you build it? Well, we want to educate the students and residents about what this is all about. I think you know, finding joy is a perfect app metaphor for that. Countering the stress of medical school by taking care of yourself, developing programs, and working with teams, after action reviews, and coaching. You know, the, if you read the right stuff from 40 years ago, they talked about the Navy fighter pilots or the Navy test pilots. You know, they'd fly out every day. Occasionally, one of their, one of their colleagues would auger in, and that's the way they would describe it. They would be a smoking hole in the ground. They would go to their funeral, they would, go to, they would go out the next day and they'd fly again. They'd never really talk about it because obviously Joe or Sam or now it would be Sally um, didn't have the right stuff. But we have the right stuff, it's not going to happen to us. I think that's been the emphasis on medicine for all these years in terms of just saying, well, if you're a failure, it's just because you don't have the right stuff as opposed to taking care of yourself. The ACGME, the LCME are both looking at these issues as I mentioned and again the licensure board. Uh, we got to figure out the right questions to ask to make sure we're looking at. What contributes to resilience? Basically what your mother said, taking care of yourself, exercise, sleep, nutrition, mental exercise, humor, taking away time from work, having passion, having purpose, optimism. Are you a half full, half empty person? You know, having people smile at you as suggested is really a good thing. Face your fear, understand what it is. You know, what is your faith life? Where is your moral compass? What, what do you do? Where, where are you heading in life? And, and the social supports more than anything else. This is something I just want to spend just a little time with because we hear this all the time. What's wrong with the work-life balance? What's wrong with the work-life balance? The problem with this is that if all you're doing all the time is waiting for the life side of this balance, okay, I think you're really missing something. When you think about the work that you're doing as a physician is should be one of the most gratifying things you could possibly do. So it's, it shouldn't be work is bad, life is good. Okay, I mean, I was called up short about 20 years into my career, so when my wife, we talked about delayed gratification, my wife said to me, so Jay, when is it going to get better? And I was kind of like, you mean it's not yet? I thought it was great. So anyway, uh, maybe not for her. But we are a profession so together people and had such deep rewards. The question is how to find joy in whatever we do. And I think that's important, and it's not just a matter of, you know, Later, 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 delayed gratification. Let's figure out how to do that now. And that's really what we've worked on. Just, you know, so where are you on this scale? You know, withdrawn or present? Are you present to your patients? Are you withdrawn from your patients? Are you defeated or are you bouncing back? Are you going through the motions or are you actually full engaged in what you're doing all day long? Brittle and rigid or bending but not breaking? Cynical and hopeless or have a positive? Hypercritical, 
have a light touch, be willing to listen before you reflect back on them too. Feeling ineffective or becoming stronger? I mean, I, I admit there were times in my residency, there were times in, as an attending, when you said, have I done anything for anybody today? You know, you hope you find that as you're going along. Treading water versus moving forward. I think one of the things that, that I, I found even in our wellness committee is we have, we have thankfuls before we start the committee meetings and say, okay, what are you thankful for today? What, tell me something that positive happened to you. When I go visit my, grand, my grandsons in, in North Carolina, part of their prayer before they go to bed is, you know, go around the room and, and do the thankfuls. So, you know, Pop-Pop and Mom-Mom have to do their thankfuls along with Ethan and, and Jacob and, and their parents. And, you know, how do we do that? You know, how do we reflect on that day? You know, let's talk about the good things that happened today as opposed to focusing on the negative. Fearing change, welcoming change, kind of, you know, the idea of the Darwinism issue is, you know, we have to learn to change, we have to learn to adapt. Um, this is the message we're trying to take to our medical students all the time and to our staff and our faculty too is be a friend, work with others, avoid isolation. I will tell the students that as dean, you know, I'm a pretty removed from some of the students, although I like to get to know them. I make learning community rounds. I was just at one of my regional campuses last night, checking in on the medical students there and thanking the faculty that participate in our program at Daytona Beach. But I, I can't be the one to diagnose stress, burnout, depression, and all in the medical students. They really have to take care of each other. They have to be friends to each other. They have to know. They have to look. Pay attention, looking for the signs. See something, say something. That applies to so many things in our life today, and unfortunately with all the tra tragedies that we have. But I think it also plays a huge role in terms of our ability to have the students kind of diagnose each other. Hey, Joe, if you're having a problem, maybe you need to go see Carol or Cheryl. Maybe you need to go see these folks. Maybe you need to have a conversation. If you're not having any problems, great. But let's let a professional figure out that for you. So are they cynical? Are they exhausted? Have they lost their joy, lost their sense of humor? Is there a feeling of worthless, worthlessness, lack of value, et cetera? We do have a FSU student resilience project at the undergraduate, kind of a neat set of things that was with the same problems happened at undergraduate institutions also. Uh, FSU, the College of Social Work, has put this together to really have some modules that people could take even coming in as freshman college students. Again, that whole issue of the imposter syndrome, you know, how am I going to do here? It's a new environment. It's all new. It's all new. You know, just to have some tools that people can, can learn from. Uh, shout out to the AMA in terms of the Steps Forward program and things to prevent burnout. I think, uh, I think we've, we've already covered some of those, but wellness is a quality indicator. Start a wellness committee, annual wellness surveys. You really got to know how your folks are doing and, and what they're doing. Meeting regular, the leadership issues that, uh, that we've already heard about. What, what are we doing to intervene? Repeating the survey, you know, plan, do, check, act, same, same, same. You hear that again. You know, identify your problems, make an intervention, recheck and see how it's doing. Somebody has to do something It's just incredibly pathetic. It has to be us. We need to take responsibility for this and go from there. Thank you very much. That was Dr. Fogarty, and this is Moving Medicine. This episode is one of a three-part series on physician well-being. You can subscribe to Moving Medicine and other great AMA podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Or visit ama-assn.org slash podcasts. You can also sign up for exclusive tips to promote professional well-being, combat burnout, and improve resiliency at ama-assn.org slash 
physician-burnout. Or visit stepsforward.org, which has more than 50 modules with expert-driven, field-tested strategies designed to help you successfully implement meaningful change in your practice. Thanks for listening.